On February 25th, 2022, I quit my high paying job at TikTok. I signed an offer letter to make about 300,000 for the year. That included a signing bonus that was almost twice as more as my mom made in an entire year. It was scary. The plan was to turn, at the time, my side hustle, AKA plural or plural, into my full-time gig. But at the time, all I had was a Shopify store. And that Shopify store was selling art and apparel, but it wasn't making much money. If I'm being honest, we could probably round down to zero. Maybe a couple hundred dollars every month. Maybe saying, no, but sales are sales. Yeah, but that's not gonna pay my mortgage. The podcast was growing and I knew there was a way to monetize that among other things, but I've been treating my side hustle like a hobby. I wasn't focusing on revenue because I didn't really need it. Again, I had this well-paying job, but I kept having this itch that I wanted to scratch. And this, this question kept coming up. Well, what if I dedicate more time to it? This thing is growing so quickly, but what if I do it more often? What if I do this, do that? And eventually I just said, fuck it. Let me go dedicate myself full time. Worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to corporate. February 25th, 2022 was that day. And today's episode is going to talk about what I learned since then in this entrepreneurial journey and what's next for the business. This episode of the Ginduetas podcast is sponsored by McDonald's. Since 1985, McDonald's has given over $33 million in scholarships. You can win one of 30 scholarships available and win a scholarship of up to $100,000. This year, McDonald's is giving away $500,000 in scholarships. Since 1985, Hased has helped aspiring Latino students achieve their dreams of going to college. But despite students' unwavering desire for progress, they still feel lost and powerless, making the need for support greater than ever. And that means it's time to hacer more. Students can apply to McDonald's Hacer National Scholarship and go further like Katia in Chazareta. To apply to the McDonald's Arcer National Scholarship, visit mcdonalds.com slash hacer. That is H-A-C-E-R. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Quien Duetas podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it's your boy Pavel bringing you another special episode. Typically, each week we have a new guest join us for a very candid conversation around the conflict that they have experienced between professionalism and authenticity. By showcasing this representation, the goal is that we can show our community and our audience that you don't have to fake it to be successful. You can be yourself and thrive at work. This week's episode is a little bit different because... I'm sharing my experience over the previous year as I try to build this business and scale it to something sustainable, something that I can be proud of. Here's the first thing that I learned. Plural is a B2B company. It took me a while to figure it out because when I first launched the brand, I started selling art and apparel directly to consumers in what many people would call a direct-to-consumer business. Opened up an online shop and I communicated directly with my customers. Even the podcast, before monetizing it, I never thought the benefits that it would have to corporations and companies. I always thought... I want to empower people to be their most authentic self, hence directly speaking to the individuals. But in the midst of building out this company, I started hearing words from people in conversations that really st stood out to me. A friend approached me for my first paid speaking engagement, and they kept throwing out these words around like professional development. And they were like, your content is exactly what we're trying to teach our employees. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm teaching people something here. I thought I was simply inspiring. And now someone else is telling me I'm actually educating their employee base on a very important subject. I was like, oh, shit, I'm not just selling art and apparel. I'm not just running a podcast. I'm not just sharing people's stories. 
I'm actually teaching people something. And then I started using that in my sales pitches to other companies. When they asked like what I was helping employees with, I was I, I said career development, professional development. And slowly people started to see me in that bucket. And next thing you know, I look at my revenue for the year and the majority of my revenue, I'm talking probably 95% of it is coming directly from businesses, whether it's speaking engagements or podcast advertising. So even though I may be talking to individuals directly and helping them with a specific problem, you got to take a step back and think about all of the insights that you're gathering and value that you're providing to the world. I had to take a step back and think, okay, the stories that I share on my podcast, these are stories that aren't being told to people's managers, HR, not even family or friends. These are unspoken experiences. And to be able to gather these experiences, but also distill them to understand the insights and takeaways that could be applied to a company to help them build a better culture, that is worth paying for. And this is a really, this is a really important insight, especially as everyone starts creating podcasts. Everyone starts creating content. And we start creating content for different reasons. But ultimately, you eventually want to stop and think about like, what am I actually teaching people? And you'll find out that in most instances, there is an educational angle to it that you could potentially monetize. Number two, there is power in sharing our experiences publicly. As I said, I was getting booked for a bunch of different speaking engagements. In 2022, I did about 20 of them at some of your favorite companies, including Spotify, Google, Twice, Salesforce. And I'm already getting booked for 2023. One of the first companies that booked me, shout out to Snap. That said, in all of these speaking engagements, and I've done a lot of these, I've done a lot of these speaking engagements virtually, but it hits different in person. I'll tell you about my first in-person speaking engagement where I got flown out to Milwaukee. I felt like a bad bitch. They flew me out, put me up in a hotel and all of that was cool. But the wildest part is when I did my presentation and the response that I got after people literally coming up to me crying, emotional, essentially saying thank you for the first time ever making them feel like they weren't alone. You see... With the mission of redefining professionalism, the first step in getting people to be more authentic is just making them feel normal, letting them know that whatever they're going through, they're not alone. But that's a challenge because we often don't talk about these experiences publicly. And when you don't talk about them publicly, you feel alone. When you feel alone, you feel like you're the problem. And number three on the list of things that I learned this year is what I'm actually teaching people. You see, with all of these opportunities, I started to pick up on certain things like where is the budget coming from? OK, DEI, sometimes learning and development, but even learning and development DEI, there are budgets within those budgets. So DEI, OK, coming from professional development, learning and development, that's coming from career development. OK, so you start hearing some of these words. And and then I started to think about, OK, yeah, sure. Career, professional development. But what exactly am I teaching people? Is it bias? Is it how to be authentic? And it took me an entire year, y'all, to finally figure out what that was. And it wasn't until I came across this Harvard Business Review study that it finally clicked. There was a stat in the study that said 90% of what sets high performers apart from their peers with similar technical experience is emotional intelligence. 90%. Crazy wild, right? Then I started to look into, well, what are the components of emotional intelligence? And when I saw those four components, I realized that what I've been teaching people this entire time, low key is emotional intelligence. Let me break it down for you. The problem I've always been trying to tackle is professionalism. There is data that shows three out of four Latinos at work suppress parts of their identities. And this is an active process that comes at an opportunity cost that doesn't allow us to do our best work. 
Well, how do you solve that? You solve that by empowering these individuals to be their most authentic self. Okay, easier said than done. How do you empower people to be themselves? And the answer is emotional intelligence. Let me break it down for you. The four components of emotional intelligence are self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. It's the conversation that we have in every podcast episode, and it's what I've been teaching businesses via these speaking engagements all year. Self-awareness. I mean, it's the title of the podcast. ¿Quién tú eres? Who are you? In fact, it's one of the first questions I ask people in each episode. What does the word authenticity mean to you? It's such a simple question, but it requires a deep reflection. And what I found in doing 100 episodes is that authenticity is something that we don't really choose. It's something that is chosen for us. Let me explain. It's kind of like a love language. You see, one day I asked my mom, mom, how did you love me growing up? And she instantly got a little upset. She was like, what do you mean? I took you on trips. I sent you to DR. I put food on the table, sent you to private school, all these kind of things. I'm like, oh, mom, mom, mom. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Okay. Your love language is gift giving. <laughs> Guess what my love language is? Quality time and physical touch. Mom was always working. So I spent most of my time with abuelo and abuela. Physical touch. My mom wasn't very hands-on that way. Essentially, our love language is, is what we didn't receive growing up. Authenticity is the same thing. In everyone's answer, it's essentially what they weren't allowed to be growing up. They were told that they shouldn't be or couldn't be. And our authenticity is us rebelling against that. That takes some deep reflection to figure out. All right, let's move on to the next component of emotional intelligence, social awareness. This takes reflection in not only ourselves, but also understanding maybe how others perceive us and also how we perceive others in society. Don't get it twisted. We need just as much bias training as anyone else. In fact, in the speaking engagements that I do, one of the slides that I always put up is a picture of the rapper Quavo, part of the infamous group, the Migos, if you're not aware. And I asked the crowd a simple question. Does he look unprofessional or is anything about his look unprofessional? And I point out the face tattoos, the dreads, the locks, the, the gold grill, so on and so on. And I've had black women in the crowd tell me they would never hire someone that looks like him. You see, this idea of redefining professionalism doesn't just take self-awareness, but also social awareness when it comes to unlearning a lot of the biases that we've been taught around professionalism. Okay, let's move on to self-management. When you finally become confident enough to be your most authentic self, it's often met with resistance. And in order to manage those emotions, you know, one of the best skills that I've learned is something that everyone should learn. It's how to label and qualify your emotions. Understanding when you feel energized, unsafe, scared, eager, unheard. I wish I had the tools and skills to tell my teammates that I felt unheard and undervalued before I raised my voice at them and eventually got labeled aggressive. But I've said that story enough on the podcast. I'll save it for I'll 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 save it for another day. And then there's relationship management. It's not just about labeling and qualifying those emotions. How do you then build the confidence and the tools to communicate those emotions so that you don't ruin any relationships? And in fact, you build and strengthen relationships with those around you. Instead of isolating and not feeling comfortable communicating that, you can actually build, sustain, and even grow relationships that you didn't think exist. And this is both in the professional and personal setting, because there's a ton of romantic relationships that I think I could have saved if my emotional intelligence was at the place it was right now. Does this make more sense as I'm breaking it down? 
I hope so, because if you've ever listened to an episode of the Can't Do It As podcast, we've likely covered those four aspects of emotional intelligence. And you have probably felt more educated around emotional intelligence without really knowing it. Now, you're probably thinking, what's next? Pavel, are you going to start creating therapy content? Are we going to start are we going to start meditating on the podcast? No, listen, nothing is changing. I'm still going to have guests talk about the same topics around the conflict that they've experienced between professionalism and authenticity. The speaking engagements, I'm still going to be offering very similar speaking engagements. I'm going to create the same type of content. I just want y'all to be aware of what you're learning because it's something that I'm not, quote unquote, beating you over the head with, because I think when people hear it, they get scared. These topics around mental health and all of these things. But I want to let the people that are listening to this episode in on a little secret that I am teaching you emotional intelligence, but I'm framing it through the conflict and the hatred that we often have for professionalism. I'm doing it to ultimately inspire us to be our most authentic self because there's a benefit on two sides, to the individual and also the employer. When we feel comfortable and confident to be our most authentic self, we start doing our best work. For example, at Facebook, when I was faking it for my first year, I was pretty close to either getting fired or quitting. After stepping into my authenticity, I never received a performance review that was not exceeding expectations. And it's a consistent theme with everyone on the podcast. In 100 episodes, everyone has said the same thing. They do not do their best work until they are comfortable with their most authentic self. And when you have employers and individuals doing their best work for businesses, organizations, companies, you want to talk about revenue, profits? This is what you want from your employees. That said, 2023 and thinking about what's next, I'm thinking about how to scale this impact. And there's a couple ways to do it. One, hire more people to do more speaking engagements at more companies. I think the better ways to scale through technology. And that's what we're going to do in 2023. We're going to be building technology to scale this impact of empowering our community to be their most authentic self with the goal of ultimately redefining professionalism. We're building a team and we're also going to be raising venture capital to be able to go faster and further on this mission. So be sure to follow wherever you're listening to this podcast and on social media at Plural. We're going to be sharing updates throughout the year on all the exciting things that we got going on, as well as a wait list for the technology that we're going to be building. So if you want to be the first to know about these updates, as well as the first to have access to some of this technology, be sure to follow and subscribe.